TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Good afternoon, good evening, um, and welcome to, well, good morning, actually. Welcome to your Thursday episode of Head Trauma, the midweek mainstay of Chair Shot Radio. Um, I, it's your boy, Rans, a.k.a. Ray Cash. I got my boy, Mr. Big Fish, Mr. Mags with me. We have um, my brother, when I say my brother, I mean as genuine as you can mean brother. The only thing we don't have is blood in common. But from the Ricky and Clive show, I have Clive with us. Um, and we're going to have some fun and we're going to try to talk some stuff and, 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 you know, have a good time like we normally do on the show. But we're recording this show on April 20, uh, 2021. And we're recording at 424 Central Time. And this will forever be remembered as the day. And I know 420 jokes insert here. But this will forever be be remembered as the day and the time when George Floyd's killer was brought to justice. And um, I didn't expect to talk about this today. We didn't expect to have any of these ramifications today, at least I didn't. But I'd be remiss just on history alone and as a black man if I didn't speak about it. And I appreciate Darren and Brian, real, we're going to use real names in this point moment for a second giving me the moment to speak about it but um Derek Chauvin if you don't remember um I guess a year and a half ago uh was one of four officers responding to a essentially what ended up being a traffic stop but George Floyd was being accused of giving a fake $20 bill to a convenience store and ended up being arrested and having a knee on the back of his neck for what we thought was eight minutes and 40, 47 seconds, but ended up being nine minutes and 20 some odd seconds based on the actual science. And um, I don't have to tell you listening, especially those of you Americans who are listening, the history of encounters of black men in the police the history of unarmed black men in the police, the uh, issues and the history of police using unnecessary force. And all of those don't even have to, they they all fall under the same category, but they all are separate in their own right because police police don't just use unnecessary force on black people. It's been on everybody. It just seems like we, for lack of a better term, are a target. My blackness seems, for whatever reason, to scare people. I'm six foot one, I'm 320 pounds. And I am cognizant of that every day of my life. So I try not to wear a hoodie. And all I have is hoodies. And that's ridiculous, but I think about that. I always have a smile on my face. And yes, I'm a happier dude. But I have to have a happy demeanor because I don't want people to be scared of the large black guy. 
If I ever get pulled over by the cops, the first thing I do is I turn the car off, pull the keys out, put them in my lap, roll every window down, and have my driver's license and my insurance on my lap with my hands on the wheel before the cop ever gets to the window. Because I don't want any preponderance of, of guilt or that I'm, I'm resisting in any way. And even then, I've been blessed to not have any physical encounters. But even then, doing that, I've had issues with cops. So I don't want to. I, I, I know I'm on a soliloquy right now, and I don't want to just take up all the time. And I want to give time to the panel and whatnot. But I just want to say this. I'm, I'll be 33 this year, and never in my life have I seen justice like I see today. And my first feeling wasn't happiness, wasn't elation. My first feeling was relief. Because I told my good friend Patrick O'Dowd from uh, Bandwagon Nerds today that this was, the, this was kind of the barometer of if I could continue to trust people. Because if this man would have gotten off with multiple vantage points of video footage, not just cell phone, body cam footage, with dozens of bystanders around, with a sci actual scientist, an autopsy scientist telling them that the reason he died was not because of drugs or a bad heart or anything, but because of asphyxiation that this man's own police chief got on the stand and said what he did was against our protocols. That man, man would have got off. That would have been the world telling us we don't give a shit about you black people. So I'm, I'm still numb. I just stopped shaking about five minutes ago. Um, but I, I want, this may sound a little myopic, but if people listen to this next year, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, I would I would really regret it if these thoughts weren't put on air. These thoughts weren't remembered. These thoughts weren't recorded. Because there's a there's a chance this will never happen again. Mag said to me before we recorded, he said, hopefully this is the the precursor to sweeping reform. And hopefully this is not the this is not an, a, a an isolated incident. Hopefully this is the beginning of regular justice. Look, if you've been living in this country long enough, you know that that is a very wonderful and beautiful idea, and it is completely not going to happen. One of the the worst word, one of the worst words in the English language, should, because should is insulting. Yeah, you should do this. Yeah, this should be right. Yeah, this should be what happens. Should always has a negative connotation because if you should do something, that means it didn't happen. So yes, I shouldn't be racially profiled just because my skin is darker than yours. Yeah, I shouldn't be. My mom shouldn't have had to name me Rance so that I can get good jobs when I turn 20. That's a real thing, by the way. That's one of the reasons why my mom named me my name. Legit. I shouldn't have to wear certain clothes or talk a certain way just to make sure that I don't scare you. And I shouldn't have to have the trial of the century multiple times just to get a guy arrested 
for murdering me. So I'm going to leave it there because I don't want this whole conversation and this whole recording to be just Rance talks about Black Lives Matter and fucking all this shit. But I just needed to get this out of my system. And I love you gentlemen, genuinely and, and truly. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Please, if you guys want to say anything, this is your time. And once we're done with this, we'll take a break. Come back and we'll give you some of that classic head trauma nonsense. But by all means, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, as a, a middle-aged, middle-class white man, and I know that I am in absolutely no position to have any um, any kind of um, mindset on on this. Um, I I cannot in any way understand the struggles and the the pain that um that you personally are going through and 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 um everybody affected by this this incident because i've been on the the lucky side the the right side of history i suppose um but what i do see is i see a friend hurting because of hundreds and hundreds of years of of horrific treatment to to his people it's 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 awful and to hear you say things like you have to be conscious of what clothes you wear you have to have certain actions when you're pulled up by the police in a traffic stop that's that to me is is unfathomable that that someone has to have that mindset just to protect themselves um i'm so sorry that you have to go through that. Um, I wish I could take that away, um, but oh, I just, I just don't have the words, and I don't have the the power or the strength to 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 say that this is going to be better for you because we don't know. All I can say is this is justice for one man who had his life brutally taken away from him. And I hope that this isn't the last time it happens. Yep. His name was George Floyd. I think I echo a lot of what Darren has said there. And his name was George Floyd. And obviously this what happened last summer, springtime, was the tip of the iceberg with regards to police brutality, and especially against people of colour. But that was the catalyst, that that moment was the catalyst for one of the worst times in American history. Weeks, it must have went on for weeks, these riots, these protests, the police brutality exponentially elevating to the nth degree. And although it was just one individual and one person imprisoned, that to me says that was the police were guilty of that whole thing. Uh, it was a terrible time. It was worrying. Seeing these, waking up to these tweets of live streams and wondering how my friends, Rance, Kyle, others, Rich, Jeremy, how all these guys were coping with this while I was safely tucked up in my bed without a personal care in the world with regards to my safety, but your guys' safety was on the line whenever you stepped out the front door and it was always a worry. So although it was just one case, 
and there's been many that have probably still on the docket still to be done. I hope that this case is used. See when lawyers when they use cases for justification in future. Precedent. Precedent. Yep. This. I don't. I know you don't like the word runs, but it, no, it should. It has to set a precedent. This case has to be used further down the line ad nauseum because this is a, a great day for people who want justice in America. I, I'm I am surprised it happens, to be honest with you. It's a great day and that great time has to be has to be taken forward as well. My concern is that the next time this happens, and I say the next time, yep. literally just a few weeks ago, there was a person killed by a cop, shot for no reason. On on camera, body cam is out, out there, and she was she she um was she resigned from her job and has been arrested. But so we say the next time, well, the next time is right now, it's already happened. Mm-hmm. So my hope, if I can be again myopic, my hope is that. The next time, it won't take literally every single every single type of evidence, every single type of it won't take almost an act of God for the prosecution to understand and to effectively show what is right yep. because. For every George Floyd situation, there's people you've never heard of that's gone through the same things, and they don't have any of the media. They don't have they don't have Ben Crump, super attorney. You know they don't have these people. They have public defenders. Can't afford it. Can't afford a guy. You know, one of the most egregious things about this trial is the fact that Derek Chauvin got donated millions of dollars to pay for his legal fees. For people who stood up, stood behind them, you know, so we don't get that luxury. You know what I'm saying? So my hope is next time that I don't, I don't just want justice to be to be served. I want justice to prevail, and that doesn't just mean in the verdict. That means in the entire process, entire legal process, and um, you know, I guess to put a bow on it. I don't, I have hope. I don't believe it. But to use that word again, I know I should. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and uh, change the mood a little bit. So this is Chair Shot Radio. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, I appreciate you guys listening to that. Thank you for all of that. And uh, I guess this, there's no better time than to follow up an emotional reaction than by shilling some merchandise. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheChairShot and go buy some things. If for no other reason, then you feel bad for me right now, right? That's, that's a good reason. <laughs> That's oh. that's a terrible thing to say. I'm just trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to. He's just trying to sell t-shirts. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to feel better, but yes, selling t-shirts would help. So, I introduced the panel again. Of course, I got the big fish with me, Mags. Go ahead and blah, give. Blah, me. blah 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 blah. Let's go. Hashtag. And I have one of my favorite humans, but one of my favorite internet personalities. Is that what we call ourselves? Can we call ourselves that? Influencer. <laughs> oh God, yeah, my, one of my favorite influences. Hashtag journalist. <laughs> yes, my one of my favorite hashtag journalists. I have Clive from the Ricky and Clive Show. Now, to pull back the curtain a bit, the the group chat that we have, we have a group chat, and it's not just particularly me and Mags. We have a group chat with two other individuals, three technically, three other individuals about this particular show, and every week. We asked Clive to come on the show, and Clive's like, yeah, no, not this week. No, not this week. No, not this week. We were able to get him on with the debut. Yeah, we got segments on this, y'all. The debut of what we are what we are calling. I got to find a, like some music to drop for it. I'll, I'll figure that out as we continue to do this. The debut of what we call Clive's Corner. Enter Scottish music here. Play the bagpipes and <laughs> Oh, first of all, about 21 and a half years ago, there was booked or presented to the public the greatest ever triple threat wrestling match that there would ever have been, on paper at least. And we didn't get it thanks to Rikishi and his heavy foot on the, the gas. We were going to get Austin, The Rock and Triple H in a triple threat match that then I was so looking forward to and still to this day, I regret not seeing. I thought that would have been a shit-hot triple threat. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you have got the next best thing. The next best triple threat possible in the wrestling world. I just wanted to say that. I've been looking forward to this menage a trois for a long, long time. But who's who then in this menage a trois? I mean, I'm clearly the Rikisha. <laughs> 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 I did it for Tali. Yeah, I, I did it for, for the Welshman. <laughs> After some Bluetooth, I am Austin's neck. Stack of dimes, huh? 
Team Flow. <laughs> oh well, that that's that's a that's really big. Of you know Austin Triple H and The Rock. I appreciate that. Seeing as I I know I'm the heel of the group, I'll I'll gladly take the Hunter role because you know. Unless Rick, unless Rick was here, because you know Rick is the real heel. Oh, I, oh, you're telling me. <laughs> I'm gonna it, get an angry message tomorrow about this. <laughs> to be fair, Ricky would want to strong arm Bret Hart into the into the match anyway. Oh, good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Screw Bret. He's not here. Screw Bret Hart. <laughs> um. Okay. Just curious. You think that was? You think that matchup on paper? Was bigger than Roman Brian Edge on just on paper. Yes, I mean the end of the day that match was fantastic. That was one of the best triple threats I've ever seen. Uh, but oh, come on, Austin Rock Triple H on paper. I I understand in perpetuity it may be different, but on paper, Roman Brian and Edge have the same gravitas and the same resumes as Austin Rock and Hunter did. The business is different. Some paper, I'm just saying. Just think about it for a second. I thought about it, and I'm still standing by it. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. <laughs> well, hey, this is Clive's Corner. The floor is yours. What you, what's, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? This, this has been uh, an ongoing narrative in the wrestling community sphere for quite some time now, and it seems to be met with some disdain or disrespect or that doesn't count. And I'm going to stick up for my pals over at uh, Jacksonville tonight. The Jaguars? Jaguars, yeah. What, what is wrong? Why the big uh, finger wagging no, no, no about having YouTube shows? Why is that a bad thing? Okay, I get it may not be as financially rewarding as TV. I understand that. But like for me, okay, I don't I don't watch AEW Dark or Dark um, Elevator. But elevator. <laughs> in this day and age, people can get YouTube as an app on their tellies, uh, like so on their Fire Stick. My kids are on YouTube channels regularly. If AEW or even WWE were to flesh out and have YouTube exclusive shows. Why? Why are people? Why do people um, turn their nose up at them? Max, please take you go ahead and take it out. I'll backdoor because I have a I have a very strong answer for that. But that it's a fair question. Okay, I mean I I watch AW every week uh, without fail. Um, I I'm not I'm not a, a, an ardent fan. I critique what I want to critique and I'll praise what I want to praise. Um, the reason why I don't particularly watch Dark or Elevation is it's it's literally just time. The you you're looking at essentially a raw in in this in in one show, and then you've got a SmackDown in the other show. That's just a lot of content. Um, for me, it it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I don't really pay attention to it, uh, but I can see why it gets backlash because um, 
a lot of storylines play out play out on dark and elevation that aren't really kind of brought up on on dynamite and wwe gets a lot of grief for being repetitive and, and throwing information at you over and over again but I think AW kind of go in totally the opposite direction. Um, if you don't watch everything, there's bits of the story that you kind of miss out on. Uh, whereas with WWE, you don't miss out on anything because they're so repetitive. They repeat what happened five minutes ago to make sure it's drilled into your head and you are following that story to to the letter. I think that that would be my personal issue with it but again i'm not an ardent fan so it doesn't really bother me i don't um i wouldn't go out of my way to slay dark or elevation but i can kind of understand why some people would okay and i want to double down on that a little bit um so i don't think the issue is the youtube shows in general i honestly think it's a very clever way to reach out to your fan base youtube is free YouTube is accessible to everybody. Um, I think all of the major companies, with the exception of maybe WWE because of their size and reach, should have something something on YouTube. I just think it's smart. The issue is that either everything matters or nothing matters. And the problem is they have built their product to make you believe that if it's not on Dynamite, it doesn't matter. At least that's what the, the people who don't watch everything do. What I mean by that is so many things happen on dynamite on dark or dark elevation or more pertinent, more pertinently being the elite that matter to the whole story. And then if you only watch dynamite, cause that's the only show that they make that they show importance to things are happening that you don't know why it's happening. That makes you watch darker, darker ele- or elevation which is a problem for somebody who, like Max said, doesn't have the time. Mm-hmm. Simply doesn't have the time. And, like, you look at Dark, like, I don't, what is Dark, two hours, hour and a half? I, I know they have, like, 16 matches on the show, dog. Like, what are we doing? I saw I saw a post on Reddit earlier. It was showing the card for tonight's Dark, and it was a picture of Jericho. <laughs> I love that meme. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I mean, I have caught an episode of uh, of Elevation because I wanted to see the first one. Um, yeah. The first one, yeah. We spoke about it on the show, um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, but I know essentially the results meant nothing. There were um, uh, a lot of kind of um, squash matches. I mean, it's, I suppose squash matches is something that is missing from today's product. Um, but the problem back, with their squash matches are. You don't. It doesn't matter when they get on the main show, mm-hmm. because you know, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Because I want you to finish. Forgive me, but I think it's important to note this: that one, squash matches matter if you see them. We don't see them if they're not on the main show. And two, they can matter more if they actually use their win-loss record system and their ranking system. But the number eight team gets championship opportunities when the number one team doesn't. So that doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Please continue. Forgive me. No, it's fine. It's um, yeah, um, and to to kind of echo what you're saying, um, that that for me is is another kind of bugbear. Um, they introduce the rankings to make give it a more sporting element, and 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 say title matches will be deserved and earned, and and essentially this they're only remembered when 
it's brought up in a storyline or something like that. They, they don't really mean a lot. Um, the more content that AEW put out, the better for fans. The more people that are earning uh, money from wrestling, uh, from, from working with AEW, brilliant. If you have the time to watch all this content that AEW are throwing out, good for you. My issue would only be if that content really is uh, is an integral part of the, the, the storylines going on on the main show. You have to start mentioning it. You have to start uh, informing your uh, your fan base of what is happening because we saw this week they got 1.2 million average uh, viewers. Dark and Elevation are getting sub 300,000. So that's, a, that's a, a quarter of your fan base watching all these shows, so you're going to have to start at least informing the 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 rest what's gone on. Otherwise, you, it's kind of like a an inside joke that only a certain number of people are, are involved in. Mm-hmm. And let me let me give one more thing, uh, Clive, and then I want you to jump back in here. I think the thing that for me personally that turned me off from the whole idea of them having secondary shows on YouTube was when they important word here relegated their women's division and their women's growth, especially their tournaments, to YouTube. I thought that was a slap in the face because they were never talked about on, on the main show. They had a little bitty ticker tape at the bar saying wins and losses, who won this match, who won this match, but it was never talked about. But this is a this is a, a tournament that they, twice now actually, that they built as it was important. Yeah, it's important enough for it to be on on YouTube, but you don't even mention it on the main show that you get paid for. And so that feeling is, as we say in the South, still in my craw. So does that not, is that not a slap in the face to the argument that I myself have held for a while now that TV is an antiquated medium? Because we always say, right, okay, it's fine because they've got all the, look at WWE's however many quadrillion Brazilian uh, uh, likes and hits that they got on social media over WrestleMania weekend, all that stuff. Does that matter then if people are complaining that women are being relegated to the YouTube show, if all that matters is that Wednesday night? Is TV still the most sort of, is that the most important? Well, well, yes, TV is the most important because Okay, let me flip it for you. Pull back the curtain. You have a job. Mm -hmm. You have a family. You have kids and a wife. If you were recording this show or Ricky and Clyde and your job called you and said, we need you to jump on and do some work, you're going to say, no, I'm doing my other job. No, you're going to say, hey, I got to go, right? Because the important one is the one that pays you. That's Mm -hmm. part number one. Second point is the difference between WWE and AEW for somebody who might look at this in a different way is that while WWE has a million wrestlers, they are all separated by different shows. So you have a Raw roster, you have a SmackDown roster, you have an NXT roster, you have an NXT UK roster, you have the roster of of the Performance Center guys that do the Largo loop, and as ridiculous as it still is to this day, 205 Clive, 205 Live has their own roster. But AEW is the same people on all the shows. Kenny Omega's wrestling on Elevation this week, right? Or didn't or something like that? Uh, I believe so. 
So it's the same people recycled on the same shows, but you're not telling me why I should watch it. So mm-hmm. I think that's the difference in that regard. That's fine. I mean, it wasn't even much of a, a rant or a hot take. It's just, it was a question I had because there's been arguments about WWE having X amount of wrestlers over seven hours, whereas AEW have X amount over two hours. And I thought, right, okay, it's dark matches, but you've got Moxley on dark. So surely that that's seven hours as well. And from what Mags is saying, if you want dark, if you want those numbers to go up, because I like to check up on social blades now and again, uh, it's a quite an interesting wee website that tracks social media traffic and YouTube traffic for sites and how much ballpark figure money that they earn from YouTube revenue. And obviously compared to TNT or NS, NSB, what the fuck is that again? NBC. NBC, thank you. Well done. Well done for the Brits on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's obviously more money there, but the YouTube can be used effectively. I, I see some ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous numbers for some of the kids' um, personalities on YouTube. And I think if, they're wanting, if they do actually want to uh, bring in a more casual audience, then appeal to that younger generation who are thinking, all right, I've got YouTube on my phone, I'll subscribe to that. But all I see whenever I watch Dynamite is the wee ticker tape at the bottom. Is that, is that just a, a question that I would I like to and, answer? And, and, and the YouTube money isn't chump change at all. Um, in the last um, WWE earnings call, they earned 20 million in the quarter from YouTube videos. And this is from... This isn't from new content. This is from content that they've just clipped from Raw and SmackDown. So it's it's absolutely a viable way to to earn money, and the more money for for AEW, uh, the better. Because I'd, as much as I kind of rag on them when things go wrong, I think they're a vital uh, part of the the wrestling landscape. Now we we need uh, a company like AEW to to kind of challenge. Uh, WWE's dominance, whether that's going to happen in the next decade or not, who can who can say? Um, but the issue is just expecting your fan base to watch all of your content, and that's the thing with WWE. They throw a hell of a lot of content out, but they never have expected you to watch everything at all. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of like throwing enough out to hit all the demographics. And the issue with AEW is they're throwing out to hit one demographic multiple times. That's fair enough. But the main issue is that Jake Hager is employed. (laughs) He's one of a few, actually, yes, on both companies. Um, uh, Speaking of that, any interest in you guys in the Pinnacle versus um, Inner Circle upcoming Blood and Guts match? Yep, I mean it's war games. Let's let's call a spade a spade. It's a war games match. Yes, uh, it's so. It definitely, definitely is though. A hundred percent guarantee. Two cages, two, uh, two. No, what? Two rings, one cage. That is a that's a, a war games match. Simple yeah, as that. Yeah, it's but it's going to be fun. Uh, can't wait to see 
the pineapple get their comeuppance. <laughs> and you just know Super Mega Hill Sean Spears is going to bleed like, like a stuck pig to use a Jim Rossism. Yeah, I mean, Super Mega Jobber, I'd say, not Hill, <laughs> Jobber. I mean, that guy's gone from complaining about being a jobber in, in the biggest wrestling company in the world to being uh, a jobber in the second biggest wrestling company in that's, the world. That's the beauty. And I, want, I actually want to get your thoughts, if you don't mind, Clive, on that. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of all of this is because so many of the people that have left, I'm not talking about the superstars. I'm not talking about the Moxleys and the FTRs and whatnot. I'm talking about the other ones. Are in the same position they were at before. But you you know, but because I can cut my own promo and cuss a little more, I'm happy now. You make less money. You're in a less important show. But, you know, you can't, I can't, you can't argue mental health happiness. So if they're happy, you're mentally full. Yep. Um, two questions, Clive. One, is the blood and guts feud between those two stables enough to get you to want to watch? And two... Did you have any? I know you guys recorded Ricky and Clive earlier. It, by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be out. Go check that out, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Anywhere you find podcasts, shout out to Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, but my second question to you is Did you have any thoughts on the releases on Black Thursday last week that you guys recorded before that you wanted to give? You don't have to because I know you got it on your show. Well, our podcast will be out by the time this is out. So it was actually a, a quiz time triple threat this week. So I was joined. Ricky's still jobbing out to Ramadan at the moment. So there's uh, there's there's millions of people in the world that are jobbing out to Ramadan right now. It's the biggest squash by the way, By the way, Ramadan Mubarak to all the all the Muslims out there. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. And I, I can't wait till you enjoy that luscious goat at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ricky as well Absolutely. so we didn't actually talk about it and it was with regards to my thoughts on it it's fucking, it's just pish it's pish uh, so many of those names okay they weren't doing much but it flies in the face of the record, record profits all that stuff and budget cuts really does it really need to be done? And I know that a lot of them weren't being used. Um, I've, I've not got anything new to add that hasn't already been said. I just think it was wildly unnecessary. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall for Tucker. The second that he lost that match to Otis, or the second that he, uh, what was it, hit Otis with the, the briefcase, because that, that didn't even get a payoff or anything. That was just terrible. Micah James was a strange one. You would have thought that Micah James, with her experience and just standing within the company and to the women backstage, she should have been a producer of some sort or a trainer. Surely, okay, if she wanted to be on TV, fair enough, but surely she could have been valuable backstage. Obviously not. Um, Samoa Joe one, I can understand the outcry from many about that but I can understand WWE from the whole he's injured regularly one of the better commentators Rance we've said this before he never wastes a syllable 
Uh, I think he'd ever like he's spoken on Twitter about his love of linguistics in general. So to have someone like that on a microphone and to get to get shot of him, bizarre move, bizarre move. But the one that hit home the most was Billy Kay. Yeah. Uh, she was the anchor of half of the Royal Rumble this year. Good point. I didn't. I forgot about that. That's a great point. Uh, she has been one of the more sort of popular on social media meme with the uh, Smackdown stuff the last year or not year but you know what I mean I personally thought she was doing better than Peyton Royce well she was being used paid money being used so yeah Uh, she was comedy and fair enough Kevin Dunn might have seen a ceiling for her but everyone's got a ceiling if Billy Kay was to be a comedy act like R-Truth for the rest of her career why get rid of that? She's a genuine talent there. That's what she has in terms of comedy. You can't teach that to half that roster. So that was the one that was very disappointed in the most. And I'll finish it off with news of a dream that I had last night about the Iconics. Oh, no. We don't <laughs> want to know that dream. We don't want that one. It's okay. It's wholesome. Okay. You don't need to put an explicit rating on that. Um... So this was after they'd been let go and they were in my hometown of Erskine, Scotland. So I was hanging about with them, just talking away. And As you do. As you do. <laughs> um, there is an Erskine in Australia, so that's uh, of no value to anyone. But <laughs> Fun fact. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was sad. And my mum and dad bought them a car as a going away present. It was a, a sort of violet coloured car that they both got to share. <laughs> and my mum and dad's... Did, did they win on Bullseye? <laughs> Family fortunes. Um, they, they, won a car, they won a car. They got a car from my mum and dad. And my mum and dad had said to them, when you come back from whatever you do, whether it be AEW, NWA, Impact, uh, YouTube shows... Whatever you do, when you come back to Scotland, you can live with us. Oh, that that is really wholesome. Probably just for the use of the car, but... Yeah, shout out to your mum for for giving a car away in your dream. Uh And this just in, I can guarantee you 95% of the other people that would have had that dream would not have been that wholesome. No. So, I just want ladies to know that... I literally dreamt about your departure and it was sad. You you guys know I've been a big fan of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. When they got together properly in NXT, way before the main roster call-up and the the memes of Billy Kay, that, that um, Gojira track that was overdubbed of Billy Kay going crazy outside. Fantastic. So, yes... Mickey James, uh, Samoa Joe, some really, really big names there, but I'm sad in the most with Billy Kay, and I hope she lands on her feet, whatever she does. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I, I just hope that these these talents are able to use their names to get uh, get work very, very quickly. And um, there, there was an interesting statistic, and I think it was Sean Ross Sapp that, that brought yeah. it up. Um, he said that six of the last ten 
WWE champions have been released at one point and then um, come back and, and become champion. Um, I mean, I can't really see a lot of those uh, in this mix uh, being of that stature, but I, I, I just hope that they're able to um, find happiness and, and find work uh, and, and still enjoy wrestling. I hope, it, I hope this uh, situation uh, doesn't kind of put put them off from from the business. And one last thing I, I I want to mention is the fact that WWE did this a year to the day since the last time they did it. Wow. This, this was planned. This was planned to happen. Yes. Um, it's it's so the 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 excuse of of budget cuts and and things like that. They mean nothing when it has happened exactly a year to the day since you last did this exact same thing to a, a bunch of talents and some talents who are still struggling now because of that. Uh, it's it's just a a clinical uh, clinical like nature of WWE that I just can't vibe with. Uh, I understand it's business and business is is ruthless and and everything is about the dollar, but it just it just seems vicious yeah i've got one more thing to add and i know that the official wwe social media accounts still have to go on business as usual plugging nxt uk and all that but to all the wrestlers who were still tweeting in character or about the local football match within hours of this happening shame on you because some of your colleagues lost their job Uh and it's just read the fucking room. You look as if you don't give a shit that your colleagues lost their job. Don't go on Twitter for a while. If you're not going to go on and say show your support, just don't say a thing. Give it a day. Would you? Would you? Uh, yep. This this has been an emotional episode so far. Oh, well, it's going to get worse because uh, we still talking about the other stuff. Oh, I mean, it, this will brighten up your day because uh, we're talking Triller, Triller Night. Oh my God! Um, so let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's 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 come back with all of that, and uh, <laughs> we're so ready. When you come back after you hear the dulcet tones of Christopher Platt, uh, Mags is gonna spit some fire. For those of you who know that term from outside of that. We'll be right back. Coming soon to the chairshot.com. A special series. The Total Package series. Myself and Rance break down each wrestler in WWE according to 10 categories. Looking to find the top wrestler with the Total Package. Join me and Carl Wednesdays 7 p.m. Central Time for the Total Package Series. Only on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Let's talk Triller. Now, I did uh, something that I, I don't usually like to do uh, when I'm watching UFC because obviously we have uh, five rounds which you can check out on the. Uh, the, the chair shot uh, group here. Um, but I try to dual screen uh, between UFC and Triller because 
as much as uh, a shit show I knew it was going to be, it, it had entertainment value. Um, but God damn, was this a shit show. It was a shit show in all the best and worst ways possible. So, um, it actually, uh, before I even get into the show, it actually changed the format of, uh, of five rounds because... I, I just couldn't pay attention to the UFC enough to to give it my full attention. Um, so Carlos had to do the the kind of analysis of UFC, and I would then intersperse with what happened on the Triller show. Um, so it's <laughs> honestly, it's an absolute comedy. Um, At least there was a UFC on ESPN card, and not like a pay per view. Yeah, yeah, that would have been brutal to 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 do. I mean, we have got a, a pretty badass UFC card coming up this weekend, but that's uh, that's uh, for another day. Uh, so the Triller show, I, I missed the pre-show, uh, but I, I, apparently on the pre-show there was some actually not bad boxing action uh, from some like uh, young up-and-coming uh, boxers. Um, I got into the show when uh, Pete Davidson from. Uh, Saturday Night Live fame. He was uh, he was comparing the show, and he spent the majority of his time on air ripping the show a new one. He said it was <laughs> he said it was a shit show. He said got a little beat, man. He said Jake Paul should be in jail. Um, he said he was only happy because the check cleared. He said essentially, what the fuck is going on here? And uh, I have to agree with him because the first fight that I saw was uh, was involving uh, Ric Flair as the as the as the the referee. I assume it was a slap fight. Yeah. For uh, the record, if you've never seen those, that might be the most entertaining medium in the world. So, and yes, Clive, you've got a, a look of bewilderment there, but it was. Woo, Ric Flair as the referee of two chubby bearded blocks slapping the piss out of each of his faces. Two two questions. The opportunities, Dad. Yes. Shout out to Charlotte Flair doing God's work again on Monday Night Raw every single week. Right. Secondly, is this this thing where they literally stand? On the podium, and there's a group of people around them. And Pretty just... much. Well, no, this was actually not on a podium. This was uh, in kind of like the the backstage area, uh, like the loading dock almost. Uh, there was like a a cage uh, uh, at the side of him where uh, Pete was separated from from Rick and and these two guys. But essentially, there was a a box, two guys at each side of it, and they took turns in a uh, in slapping each other across the face. It sounds like uh, Sylvester Stallone missed a trick when he did the arm wrestling film, when he should have done the <laughs> Over slap. the top. Over the top, what a film. Yes, uh, that's a great film. He should have done a slap to the f- uh, pow right in the kisser. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> um, so then after that, we got um, a concert um, for Bieber, rappers. Huh? Oh, this wasn't Bieber yet. This wasn't Bieber yet. Oh, whoa, whoa! You are jumping the gun, sir. Oh, got... all I know is Bieber in the main event. I didn't know other so stuff. Other stuff happened. We had Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and two oh, yeah. other 
two other rappers who I don't know the names of, so forgive me for I that. I got you. I got you. Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Too Short, and E-40. They call themselves Mount, we- Mount Westmore yes. because they're like four of the legends from the West mm-hmm. Coast. Okay, yeah, so the are they bringing out an album? Because they were promoting an album um, quite Nobody a lot. Cares about it. Nobody cares about albums anymore, but yes, they got yeah. something coming out. Um, so they had a four or five track um, uh, concert. Then we got to um, Steve Cunningham, former boxer, uh, taking on Frank Mir, former uh, UFC Wait, world champion. Frank Mir was on the card? Frank Mir. Frank in a Mier, boxing fight. Who Frank Mir looked like me. The dude oh, wow. was 70 pounds over uh, Steve Cunningham's weight. So Steve Cunningham weighed in at two or five, I think, and, and Frank Mir, who's normally around 255, was weighing at 275. But the, it was uh, there was no muscle there. It was it was all uh, burgers and pizza. Um Fair play to uh, to both competitors. Frank may give it his all, but he was gassed after a minute of the first round. And uh, I would shout out to Steve Cunningham because he could have hurt Frank Mir. He could have really hurt him, but he you could tell he held back to do just enough to win the fight, but not hurt not Frank Mir. Yeah. Um, um, so that happened, which was uh, which was pretty fun. Then we got another concert. Um, an artist called Doja Cat. I don't know if you know her. Doja Cat's one of the biggest artists here in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's infamous for some other reasons that don't need to be said on the podcast. For those of you who know, you know. I think it's important to note Snoop is behind Triller, so this is why this is like this. Mm-hmm. It's important for you to understand that. Because if you didn't, it might not make sense in your mind why this is this congregated mess of nothingness. But it's, it's a Snoop Dogg production. Oh, it was certainly a mess. Um, so, yeah, this Doja Cat, uh, she doesn't like clothes, really, does she? She's a... Uh, no, she's she shouldn't like clothes. Lord Jesus, she shouldn't like them, though. Ooh. Uh, she had a four or five song uh, concert. Then we get to, uh, essentially, the, the core main event. Uh, a boxer called... Uh, uh, Regis Pro Gray, I think he's called, uh, and he's actually a, a current boxer, for a former world champion, uh, but he's very much active, and he fought a boxer called Arvin uh, Redcatch. Um, started off as a standard boxing match. It actually was probably the more entertaining of the, the boxing matches on this card up to, up to press. Uh, Regis was handily beating this uh, Arvin Redcatch, and then we get to the sixth round, uh, and... Uh, Regis goes for a shot to the breadbasket, uh, which misses, uh, and kind of like uh, in a long winding arc, he he uh, his glove, uh, the thumb part of his glove grazes the the kind of hip slash waist of this uh, Arvin Redcatch. The guy went down like he had been punched, cleaning the dick. Uh, no, not like he got punched, like he got shot. Yeah. <laughs> The referee who was behind the action was was calling for a, for a, a disqualification. We saw the replays uh, multiple times, multiple times. Nowhere did he make any content uh, contact anywhere near the the below the belt of this Aaron uh, red catch. But 
the guy's got a future in wrestling because he sold this like a motherfucker. He stayed down, he was rolling about, couldn't straighten his legs. And for someone who hadn't been punched in the nuts, they stretched him off out of the <laughs> arena. He, had, he went out of the arena on a stretcher. Sell job, summit chronic, honestly. Brilliant selling. Oh, my God. So, so man, Mick Foley didn't get stretched out of Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. This guy got stretched, stretched out from uh, the thumb of a glove grazing his waist. That's what he got stretched oh, out on. Um, what I didn't actually mention in uh, the, the Frank Mir and Steve Cunningham fight is uh, we had a, a, um, a commentary panel of there were six six people, I want to say, which is I think is massive overkill. Uh, a lot of them I didn't have a clue who they were, but one I knew full well who he was, Oscar De La Hoya. He was gone. He was on the sauce, bro. He was he was on the cocaine, sir. He was on the <laughs> cocaine. He was off his trolley. He was gurning. He was sucking his teeth. He was just blathering absolute uh, nonsense. And uh, they, they eventually switched him out from the commentary for Snoop Dogg. Which, I mean, we all know Snoop Dogg's a massive, massive uh, combat sports fan. But even he paid very little attention to, to what went on. Um, we'll get back to Snoop Dogg in a, in a little while. But we got... Another concert, a Justin Bieber concert. Justin Bieber on a Triller show. Um, Made of it. Again, did about four or five songs. Uh, but between every song, he tried to kind of like get the crowd involved to absolute crickets. Nobody, <laughs> was, was, nobody was paying him the slightest bit of attention. And the most interesting thing about the whole kind of Bieber performance was they had these laser shows on. But the lasers kept pointing directly into the camera. So every so often you'd just be blinded by green laser light. It was it was full of smoke because obviously they're trying to be cool. So you, you barely saw anything going on. It, you just every now and again you'd see Justin Bieber uh, bouncing around on stage and, and singing. It was horrific. Question. Was it was it full of smoke or was Snoop just on his next role? Well, well, we shall get to that. Okay, uh, <laughs> okay, because th- so, this was this was a very four twenty friendly event. If you get the idea, oh, they they didn't have uh, the drug consumption whatsoever. So we get to the the actual main event: Ben Askren, former UFC fighter, former one uh, champion, former uh, Bellator champion, um, and take- the guy who got traded for Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, after this performance, it's it, it's a terrible, terrible trade. Uh, he was facing YouTube sensation and an all-round wholesome dude, Jake Paul. <laughs> Logan's brother? Junior Logan. Logan. Yeah, Junior Logan. Uh, so this guy is 2-0 and in his uh, boxing career. And, uh, and, fit- and for those of you who don't know who he is, beside, in, the, in the boxing ring, he's a guy that knocked out Nate Robinson. And Nate Robinson would sleep on the on like sleep on on the mat. So that's this guy. But uh, props to Nate Robinson. He lasted more than a round. Ben Askren did not. Um, ben Askren, 
bear in mind, he's a combat sports um, elite level wrestler, uh, but he's not a boxer at all. He, he does as, as as little boxing as as humanly possible in a in a MMA fight. He gets knocked the fuck out in less than two minutes. Now, the way the knockout happened was was just from um, a, a reaching up like over over um, a right handed jab. Uh, ben Askin goes down like a sack of potatoes, gets back up pretty much straight away. Um, the the referee asks him if he's all right to fight. He says yeah, um, and then inexplicably the ref says, "Well, no, you're not. Fight called off." Now, instantly, people were throwing up that this is fixed. This is fixed. Um, we get another camera angle afterwards, uh, which shows that Ben was impaired. Um, so the, it's a it's a fair result in my eyes. The issue is, it was such a hand-picked opponent that I can't not think that this is a massive finesse uh, by Jake Paul and his team on Triller. Because... From all uh, the the uh, kind of analytics, this show has lost a ton of money. It has to have lost a ton of money from the people that they had on the show uh, and the money that they would have commanded for being on the show. It would have had to have sold about three million pay per views to even break um, to break even. Um, the trailer of Crown claimed it sold one point five. But uh, analysts are saying it's probably a third of that. So this is a huge finesse. And can I say that if they legitimately sell 1.5 million pay-per-views, that's like top five WrestleManias of all time. Yeah, it, it, beats, a lot of it beats all but two UFC pay-per-views. So I mentioned that we'll go back to Snoop Dogg. Uh, during this fight... Snoop Dogg spent the majority of the time rolling joints on camera in front of anyone absolutely not a care in the world, lighting up, passing the joint down down the, the, the commentary, everyone getting high as fuck. And when, uh, he, when the fight ended early, he was actually legitimately pissed off because he didn't get time to, to sell his... A uh, new liquor, which I think is called uh, Jiggler Gogo or something like that. Um, but he he had a, he he and Jake Paul were, were sharing shots of it on on camera as well as uh, passing round a bit of a blunt. It was it was hilarious. That reminds me. I'm glad you brought that up because the other salesman like um, sales job earlier on the show. Apparently, the show opened. With Jaleel White, forty-year-old Jaleel White, dressed Steve as Steve Urkel, Urkel, selling his new cannabis product. Purple Urkel. <laughs> Do you know how long that man has worked to not be looked as as Urkel anymore? For him to put the clothes back on, he had to have gotten paid for this. Yeah. Oh my God, this this is legendary, dog. This it, this show had more twists and turns than a uh, than a big show title run. It was it went from being quite good to what the fuck am I watching to this is so bad it's interesting to what the fuck am I still watching it for to 
just dumbfoundedness. It was, it was so horrific uh, that a company of the size of Trill, I mean, this company has literally just bought Fight.TV, bought them out that outright. This company is huge. They, uh, the the parent company of, of Triller, uh, Trillinet, is it's essentially um, a rival to TikTok. This is a, a multi multi million dollar company buying up the biggest uh, combat sports streaming service in the world outright. And this is the level of show that they put on. This has to be a finesse by Jake Paul and his team to just rinse Triller out of how much, however much money it can get out of them. Um, Fair play to him. Make, make, secure the bag. But, Jesus Christ, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> right? So, sounds like a Friday night in the in the Clive household. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, it sounds like the last decade of WCW in one night. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fair, actually. That's that is pretty that fair. is very, very fair. Can I play devil's advocate? You may. I believe you are one of the lesser group of people who watched, or I guess it's fair to say ingested with the drug consumption. Mm. One of the one of the smaller group of people that ingested the show for the actual fighting content. <laughs> That's not a show you watch to see legitimate fighting. No, I mean, I, I I went in there with no illusions that this was going to be uh, a, a shit show. I just didn't think it would hit that level of shit show. I thought at least it would have some um, some production value, but oh no. They even had, before the main event, and this is going back to kind of AEW early day standards, uh, someone come out to sing the national anthem and for the first half of it, her microphone was turned off. So she was essentially <laughs> marming the national anthem. And then they turned it on to let her finish. Honestly, <laughs> it was brilliant. It was it was car crash TV of the 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 most the most basic proportions. You need to, to go out your way to find the the show and, and watch it just to know what how to never put on a show. What what the big homie Paul Heyman say? Accentuate your positives and hide your negatives. <laughs> well, well, good luck with that. The show will be about eight minutes long then. For the record, I think, and people might disagree with me. I think making Jake Paul the face of the company is smart. Because number one, people hate Jake Paul. They hate the Paul family, and they have shown his historically that they will pay. To see the Paul family in whatever they are, they're almost the male Kardashians, right? So I think it's smart the way they're doing this because they know legitimately this type of show can't get real fighters. It's not going to get real. The the next one, I I, I certainly believe that that we'll get closer to the step. I I honestly think this is a stepping stone for for Jake Paul. He handpicked his his opponent for someone who he knew had pillow fists, someone who he knew wouldn't be able to hang uh, as a boxer, Uh, someone who he knew um, had enough name value that it Mm -hmm. would make it interesting, but 
someone who it could be because uh, we've got to, you've got to remember Ben Askren had a full hip replacement in October. Mm-hmm. This guy mm-hmm. couldn't train at all uh, to to the levels that he would normally, and he did. He doesn't doesn't uh, train boxing. He's a wrestler. He trains wrestling, but the amount of fighters, boxers, and celebrities calling out Jake Paul on the back of this, saying time to fight a real fighter. This is a brilliant work by Jay Paul because he now has the pick of fighters who to to uh, be on the next show, and you can guarantee every single step he's going to take on someone a little bit better with a little bit of a bigger mm-hmm. name uh, until he gets to the levels of say a Conor McGregor when he's going to be making absolute bank. It's but it's amazing business, and that's the beauty of it. This was his third quote unquote professional fight. Mm-hmm. And the person's third professional fight, they're probably making two thousand dollars. So he the 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 pay uh, scale was released. He made six hundred and ninety thousand for the fight. Uh, plus he had producer uh, and writer credits at the end of the show. Uh, ben Askren for his one minute fifty eight um, um, of action got a half a million. For the record. That half a million is probably more than Ben Askren's ever made in for one fight. Uh, definitely more than his UFC contract. It was it, his UFC contract on his last fight was 50-50, uh, 50 50 show and fifty win. Justin uh, Bieber got paid two million for doing four songs. Yeah, but Justin Bieber is one of the most popular human beings on earth. No, so I, 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 get, I get that, and, yeah. and that, the value <laughs> is there. But it's just the the amount that was spent on this show. It would take uh, monumental sales uh, figures to to claw that back. So you're telling me that the next trailer is going to be Saudi Arabia WWE Gem in the Sand? That's what it sounds like to me. Perhaps, perhaps uh, the trailer in Abu Dhabi. Woo-hoo. The trailer in Manila. Oh <laughs> yes, oh yeah. They got to but- pop out of Clive. I, I'll watch the next one. I absolutely will not watch the next one because, like I said, it's car crash TV. Um, but what the fuck is this? What what is this world when UFC um, fight, former UFC fighters are fighting idiot YouTubers, and it's it's so entertaining, mental. It's the it's the same world that has Scott Hall half drunk wrestling people in the gym. The dollar dollar bill, y'all. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying money talks. Yeah. And when you're in a position, first and foremost, for as big a company as UFC is, multi-billion dollar company, they don't pay their fighters what they deserve. Absolutely not. We have all this conversation about how WWE guys are mistreated. No, UFC guys are mistreated. Less less than 13% of uh, the takings from an average UFC show goes to the fighters. We, you know WWE guys are getting banked. That's clear. We know that. Well, so, uh, Andrade came out and said he turned down a $3 million uh, a year contract. He, he probably wrestled less than half the, the Raws he was on this year, the mm-hmm. last year. So, like, think about that. Now, with that being said, you're a guy like Frank Mir, who was, res- who was fighting, sorry, not wrestling, fighting right before the peak hit and right as the peak started. Frank Mir ain't sitting on no $6 million. I'll go get this payday to do nothing. Ben Askren. Yeah. Ben Askren, 
Somebody got to pay for that hip replacement. <laughs> you have he's, also, he's also retired from all active um, combat sports now, as Ben Askren. So he's sitting back on that 500000 I'm saying. So, yeah, man, it just, it look, it's, it's ridiculous, it's crazy, but at least these boys getting paid. Mm-hmm. Bad Triller. <laughs> the marks. Triller are, are literally the money marks. Well, you're right. But at one point in time, the Fertitas were money marks, and they turned that money markness into multi, multiple billion dollars. Um, so uh, I know we, in another world, the George Floyd thing, having Clive on the Triller show, in a perfect world, this would have been 30, 45 minutes of genuine down-home UFC 261 preview. We didn't have the opportunity because of that, and it is what it is. UFC 261 is, is this Saturday. Yes. So, as you're listening to this two days from now. Since we can't really break it down the way we want, let's at least give our predictions of the top five cards. You want to take that over? The uh, top five. Yeah. The, the main, the, the cards on the main, um, the fights on the main yeah. card. So, we'll be opening with uh, Anthony Smith uh, versus Jimmy Crute in the light heavyweight uh, division. You want then, me to go? No, I, I mean, I'll go through the card first if you want. Uh, then in the okay. middleweight, we've, we've got uh, Uriah Hall uh, taking on Chris Wadman. Uh, first of the title matches is uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko defending a flyweight title against Jessica Andrade. Mm-hmm. Um then we have another women's uh, title match with uh, uh, Weili Zhang defending her strawweight title against Rose uh, Namajunas. And the main event, Kamara Usman taking on Street Jeebus, Jorge Masvidal uh, for the welterweight title. Okay, so let's go fight by fight. Mm-hmm. So the first fight is Lionheart versus Jim Crew, right? Yeah. I got to believe and I don't know much about Jim Crute, much respect to that man. Um, the, as as the Kiki Palmer meme goes, sorry to that man, but that man was right in front of me, I wouldn't know who that man was. Much respect to Jim Crute. You gotta feel like this is built for Anthony Smith to get back on track, to get another fight for the for the, for the, uh, for the light heavyweight championship against Blackowich. You gotta think yeah. that, right? I mean, it, it's, a, it's certainly a train of thought. Um, Oh, so you disagree? Still, yeah, I think Jimmy Crew wins. Uh, the guy's twelve and one. Uh, he's been on an absolute tear. This is his biggest test by far. Uh, but um, but I think Anthony Smith is. It feels to me like he's coming to the the end of his career. Um, and I think Jimmy Crew has just got enough uh, tools in his arsenal to 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 be Anthony Smith. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Crew. So you got Clive, you got Lionheart, or you got Crute? Uh, I'm going to go for Crute. Go <laughs> <laughs> Can you take note of these and see how well I do? I'll, Hell yeah. I'll I'll yeah. Okay, so we got uh, Uriah versus Captain America. Now, this would have been a fantastic fight four years ago. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Chris Wadman... Uh, has has definitely dropped off. Um, Injuries happen, though, dog. It happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the same can really be said for Uriah Hall. He, he there was a, a period where he just didn't want it anymore. He didn't want to be involved anymore. You can you can tell that um, 
he he has this kind of love hate relationship with Artin. Uh, well, he does. He didn't have the killer instinct. That was his problem. He has mm-hmm. everything else but that killer instinct. I think after the Anderson Silver fight, though, I think that's back. So um, I've got to go with Uriah Hall. I think uh, he's he's just an animal when he's on his game. In every other way, in every in every way, with the exception of power, and with the exception of that killer instinct. Uriah Hall is a better fighter than Chris Weidman, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I'm with you. Weidman is on the downturn of his career, even though he's still a younger dude. Uriah has found a reinvigoration in his motivation, if you will. Um, I got to go with Uriah, but I, this will be close. This will probably go the distance. Mm-hmm. Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman, uh, Mr. Clive. Well. Uriah with him or against him, so... <laughs> Clean sweet for that one. So, first title uh, match, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Jessica Andrade. I mean, if if we didn't have Amanda Nunes in this generation, Valentina Shevchenko yeah, would be go. the... She would be the GOAT. She would be the absolute GOAT. There's no ifs, ands, or buts for me for this one. Uh, Valentina wins easily. Now, now Jessica is a bigger girl. She's got uh, she's got some power behind her. She has a lot of skill, mm-hmm. but Shevchenko is a murderer. Yes, like she literally comes in the ring with the axe. I'm not being literal, but like she is a murderer. She has so, yeah. a, she has a, a gun tattoo on a hip. This she does not come to play. And then after she wins, she she does some uh, some ballet dancing, which is really really weird. The weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Well, she can do it because she doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got Shevchenko. Clap. Uh, I mean, if you look at the, the win-loss record of Shevchenko over the last several months and just the, the weight that's been dropped, the training regimen she's put on, uh, and just the general sort of, you know, promo work that she has on uh, talking smack and stuff like that. So definitely. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Valentino. Brilliant. Oh, this has been amazing. Uh, let's go into the Corbin event. Then uh, Weili Zhang, uh, strawweight champion, taking on uh, Rose, um, Thug Rose Namajunas. Who have you got? Look, man. Uh, so, do you want to go to Clav first? Yeah, in fact, let's go to Clav. Let's go to Clav so we can't glean our knowledge. So, what were the names? Sorry, <laughs> Weili Zhang, who's the champion, the, the first ever Chinese UFC champion, and Rose Namajunas, the former champion. Oh, so okay. How long ago was Namajunas the champion? Quite a while ago. Uh, she uh, she dropped out of uh, MMA uh, for a little while, uh, but she came back uh, as hungry as ever. Um, won a last fight and, and has earned herself a title shot. She has as much chance of, as, of success as Tucker Knight has in the wrestling industry going forward. Damn! <laughs> oh, Damn! My God, I'm so sorry, Tucker Knight. No, you're not. I'm sorry, Tucker Knight. Not sorry to Rose uh, Namunas. Oh. Ah, she's getting no chance. I'm telling you. 
That hurts my heart because as I speak about on the show quite often. True. <laughs> well, look, I love me. Rose Namahunas' nickname is the Thug. Yeah. I love her. And to to what what Mag said, she had some issues with fighting. She had some personal issues. Conor McGregor tried to ruin her career. <laughs> you know. Um, but when she's on, she might be the best in the division. But this is this is this is this is Zang's world. We're living in it. Yes. So with I'm gonna pick Zang with my head, but my heart says the thug. And when Namahunas wins, I'm gonna come out here like I picked her the whole time. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I mean there's not much more I can add that that, that you haven't said uh, read. Um the way Zhang destroyed Joanna Jajacek and made her look like the elephant man. Um, and for the record, Clive, Joanna, say her last name again. I can ne- I'll never say her name right. Jajacek. Her nickname is Joanna. I bet you can't spell it. It's got it's J E D K Y K Y K Y K. There's a lot of K's and Y's. <laughs> her nickname is Joanna Champion because she just didn't lose. Yeah. And and Weili Zhang destroyed her and made her look like, well, see, you wouldn't get this reference. Uh, made her look like SpongeBob in that SpongeBob episode when he got, when he had all the diseases and stuff, and he he with all the lumps. Don't know what I'm talking about. Stuff. You you get the idea. I've I've seen one or two moments of SpongeBob, and one of them was a jellyfish jam, and I thought, what the fuck were the writers on? When they made this role, like it's really, really obvious. I mean, is it Snoop Dogg? Is it Triller that's in charge of SpongeBob? <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, made of it, sir. Made so that's, it. That's, that's a clean sweep for Wiley Zang, right? It is. Um, main event, um, Kamara Usman, uh, one of the the goats in uh, welterweight. Uh, UFC the, Ni- the Nigerian nightmare. Yes, taking on Jorge Masvidal, um, the the current BMF champion. And what do you uh, call, sh- give? Tell him your nickname. It, well, it's not. I didn't give him a nickname. This is a nickname that he uh, he gave himself, Street Jesus, because he looks like Jesus and he's from the streets. Um, yeah. So Ray, who have you got? Let me say, in terms of like sellability, this is maybe the maybe the biggest fight they could have since Jan, John Jones, mm-hmm. and Conor McGregor too. But I think that Conor's time as a draw has passed a little bit. This is the biggest fight they could put on paper. Okay. This is also this is also a rematch because the last fight I forgot who it was that Usman was supposed to fight um, got got hurt and um, Masvidal took the fight on like. Two weeks notice or something. From a personal standpoint, they hate each other. From an in from an in octagon standpoint, they are polar opposites. Usman is maybe the best wrestler in the world now that Habib is retired. Um, and shout out to the other Dagestanians because them boys can wrestle. Yes, they can. Oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> and uh, Masvidal is the perfect guy. He's probably the quintessential. I'll knock your ass out, striker, out of nowhere. 
and he has played Guida as cardio. So, perfect opposites. Masvidal has a much better chance because he's actually had a training camp to prepare for the probably the, the best takedown in the business. Now that Khabib is retired. And Masvidal and, and, and Usman has said, I want to knock him out. If Usman gets out of his comfort zone and stands with Masvidal, there is a chance he will go to sleep. And I know that's crazy thinking of Usman sleeping, but Masvidal has the power and has the ability to knock any human being out. However, the smartest fighter in the business is Kamara Usman because he does exactly what he knows he needs to do. He is the he's black GSP. I'm not going to go out here and fight what you want me to fight. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to get this win. I'm going to go back to the crib. And with Nganu winning the heavyweight championship, with Izzy still being the um, welterweight champion, or middleweight champion, I'm sorry, I know that they're looking at a fight in Africa, Lagos or Kinshasa or Johannesburg or something, and he wants to main event that show. So I'm not going to go out here and do no stupid shit. Osman's going to win. Probably going to go the full five. Not um, the last five. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not going to knock him out. You're going to have to submit him. And I don't know that he wants to submit him. I think he wants to punish him. Um, so it's going to go to little five. But at the end of the day, and still, Mara Usman. Good pick. Um, I have to agree. I think even though um, Jorge Masvidal is one of the most saleable fighters now that UFC has got, and I, he's a, for me, he's a journeyman. Um, he may have uh, a good recent record, um, but it, it's almost kind of like the issue of of, of uh, form being temporary. Um, I, th- I think when you get to the elite level of fighters that uh, that that we know that uh, Usman is, I think Masvidal hasn't got enough um, in his arsenal to 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 challenge. Uh, Usman. Uh, I mean, this is an Usman who was uh, in his previous fight looked at as someone who can't finish fights, who uh, who is a decision machine. He went and knocked out the the, the toughest chin in that division in Gilbert Burns, knocked him out. Um, so I, I I can't see past a Kamara Usman win. This guy is gonna go down in history as the very best welterweight fighter that we've ever seen. That's. Big talk. No one asks who's at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Many people think the guy at the top of that list is the greatest fighter ever. They're wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's very, guy. very good. They're very, very wrong. But he's, I think Kamar Usman eclipses him. And the reason why I think that is because Kamar Usman has faced murderers in this division. GSP, um, he lost a few fights to people who he probably shouldn't have lost to and it was in, it was in the kind of early days of, of UFC so there wasn't the 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 technical skill that you see now and um, I believe that Usman is is one of the most technically uh, gifted all-round fighters that, that we've ever seen in in the UFC um so I, I would say that he's better than GSP um real quick you you think Matt Sarah and Matt Hughes are 
Matt Hughes is one of Matt Hughes may be the second best welterweight until Usman came up ever. The Sarah fight maybe, but Matt Hughes, I don't know, dog. I don't know. It's very much one dimensional fighting though back then. That's fair. No, that's fair. The, the, the fighters are better now. Yes. So I, you know what, I see your point. Well done, Clavert. Nope. The main event of, of UFC Clavert. 261. That, that pops me. Clavert. I love it's it. your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's as if you guys read my mind because I had all, all those thoughts. <laughs> and I'm with you. GSP is Y-E-S-T-E-R-D-A-Y's news. <laughs> Well, break it down. In terms of best welterweights, you can't even find GSP on the GPS anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we didn't even get dad jokes on this week's uh, Ricky Cloud show, so he's going, he's doubling down on this show. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, who you got? Usman or Masvidal? Who's Three Jesus? Oh, okay. okay. Good man. Good man. <laughs> I've I'm just checking the the bet that I put on Bet365 earlier today before tonight, and I have got Usman down. Hey, so now every UFC pay-per-view we have to bring on Clive (laughs) (laughs) to break it down. (laughs) That's that's gonna be the essence of Clive's corner. He's gonna he's gonna give us the the leading for five rounds. We're gonna go off his his news. Yep. The Ariel Helwani. Oh, Parasite <laughs> oh, and Social Suplex. Yeah. Clive, Clive's nose. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so this weekend, UFC 261. You think now that we just ran down the main card, the, the, the prelims are stacked. It's, this is as stacked a card as they make. And on the interesting point, this is the first show they're having in America with fans. Jacksonville is the show, the stadium in Jacksonville is fully sold out, and no Clive, they're not a daily's place. Well, that was um, in Jacksonville. <laughs> no, that there is Jacksonville actually is a big city. Nobody knows it, but it's actually like what like the eighth biggest city in the country. <laughs> yeah, I thought Jacksonville only belonged to AEW, just like the town that um, what's her name, Scarlet Witch, made up. Oh, Westview. Um, so yes um, go buy it or purchase or watch it by other means that we're not going to say on here because we don't want to get sued Um, but yeah I I guarantee you this card is going to 100% over it's it's gonna I think it's it's over deliver by far and yeah I can't wait for this card do you want to shit on Dana while we get out of here? Ah, from the beginning of this COVID era, I sh- I shat on Dana from a great heart. I thought he was very reckless with wanting to uh, to uh, put shows on. But props, I gave him his props. He uh, the UFC had really good protocol in terms of, of, of fighters being pulled when they had COVID and keeping the fighters as healthy uh, and safe as they possibly could. Um, but then he has to open his fucking mouth, and <laughs> and this week telling 
uh, uh, fans and telling fighters you don't have to wear masks anymore. Um, that he thinks that COVID is uh, been uh, blown out of all proportions by the media. This guy has had his biggest star of uh, 2020, 2021. Uh, Cam, uh, uh, Kamzat uh, Chimiev nearly die from having COVID, still suffering from the effects of, of it nearly a year since um, since uh, contracting COVID. And yet he's, uh, Dana is still cavalier uh, in the thought of, of COVID is, uh, is a myth. And you can tell he's a typical MAGA. Um, all the times I, I kind of give him respect and he has to just fucking put his massive feet in it every single time. He's an idiot. He's an absolute idiot. Here's, here's a direct quote. The reality is we had to create a bubble that would be safe. So first of all, the athletes wouldn't end up with COVID and have all these fights falling out. But the media was being so crazy about the whole COVID thing. You had to make the media feel safe. What? Ridiculous, isn't all the goodwill he built up as well from having from keeping uh, uh, the shows going, uh, the stuff with uh, Far Island and the Apex. He, the UFC built up a lot of goodwill for for providing entertainment, and then one fell swoop, he goes and shits all over that. He's a clown. He's an absolute clown show. In a world where words mean everything, that's very irresponsible of him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, when you look up irresponsible in the dictionary, you'll find a few people, but I'm sure Dan is on one of those dictionaries because he is quite the irresponsible um, head of state, owner, promoter, and it's only, this goes to show America's fascination with, with being good because if UFC wasn't the best in the in the game. Like if he was Scott Scott Coker or whatever my man's name is in Bellator, nobody like people we, like he would get fired because of all the ridiculous shit he does. But because UFC is consistently so good and is such a money maker, he can do whatever he wants. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, UFC two sixty one this weekend. We'll be back next week with uh, a breakdown of, of UFC two sixty one by our own Clive. Uh, <laughs> Clive's corner is is it the red corner or the blue corner because it's the corner of the octagon <laughs> no seriously thank Scottish you Scottish corner is always blue corner surely it's the tartan corner the tartan corner I like that that may be the new actual name well if I, if I can't come on and talk about UFC which is very likely listeners <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, uh, I might just record some Clive Corner audio for you. If I promise you, if any time you want to record it, it will be put on the show, no questions asked. That's a promise. I can tell you about my, my dreams. Oh, th- that's can, a show on its own. I can give you some uh, breaking news. I actually found out. Here uh, we some, go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, it's not exactly breaking news, but it's news of what Triple H actually had planned for the first Brooklyn takeover night. What he wanted to happen was when the infamous curtain call with Sasha, Bailey, Becky and Charlotte came out at the end, he actually wanted Ric Flair. What's his name? 
Oli and Alan Anderson and Tully Blanchard, he wanted them to come out as a sort of passing of the torch thing. But they all had, all four of those guys had laryngitis. So sadly, we didn't get to see the four horsemen on NXT TV. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> that is Boy. the end of the show. Um, That's it, yeah. It's got to be. We can't top that. No, I'm, I'm, yep, I'm, I'm done. I am completely tapped out. Uh, <laughs> tapped out like Roman Reigns didn't do against Daniel Bryan, that scoundrel. Uh, Clive, tell them where they can find you, sir. Uh, they can find me at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. You can find us also the Social Suplex feed, where we've got many other shows that you can check. If you want a full rundown, check out the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show with Mags and his chain wrestling co-host this week, Cy Powell, where we do, and I still can't believe it works out so so fluidly, a triple threat quiz. Um, and for the record, I am Social Suplex alumni. I still consider myself part of the family. You know, twice removed, but you know, I, I, I still love you. I still show up to the family reunion. Um, socialsuplex.com, go follow those boys. Shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Rich, who's doing big things. And shout out to the young boy who made his wrestling debut this year. So check that out. Um, Max. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, definitely. See, you said it's not going to take off, and you are now repeating it back to me. That's. It's a win. That is an absolute win. Um, but yeah, I'm on the Twitters at DJ Kirkby. Um, and as I said on uh, Ricky and Clive uh, earlier, today when this drops is also the dropping of the very last episode of uh, Badlands. Um, uh, we all know the story that I've gone over it verbatim. Uh, but uh, following on from that, we're going to get a, a cool uh, project from from my man uh, Ray. Uh, so keep your ears peeled, uh, peeled for that. And then once that's over, I may be back with something new or old. We'll see. Oh, Tali, we love you. Ricky, yes. we love you. And um, uh, uh, wow, we saw that. That's so glad to have a Paul Tully mention. That's you're never that glad for a, for a Mags mention, Clive. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Why all the Paul love? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was gonna say, is it because Scotland's close to Wales? But it's not. It's very far. I'm oh. in between him uh-huh. and Wales have to wade through all the, the the coal from the black country to get through and to <laughs> see see it's not just me see if Clive says it, it must be true because he has to pass through there to get to you I just did it for the pulp there's, there's, there's yeah. no, he's nowhere near the black country <laughs> he won't he won't believe it that part of the episode will be edited out yes <laughs> He's closer to Sean Bean's house than he is Dave Mastiff's. That's all you need to know. Yes, that is true. Is Mastiff a black countryer? Yeah. Yes. Is that what they call themselves, the black countryer? The black countrymen? No? Okay. Um, I have I'm, no idea. <laughs> hey, I live in the black country every day. Ha-ha! <laughs> um, shout, shout out to Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> 
saw that one go. <laughs> the longest reigning black world champion in wrestling history. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm at it's Ray Cash, y'all. R-E-Y's and Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. Please listen to the last episode of Badlands. It's an emotional moment for me. I know it was an emotional moment for Darren um, and Tali. Um, but please take a look at the Total Package series with me and the Outsiders uh, OG with me, Carl Irvin, starting next week. And please continue to support Mags in his new venture or his new old venture uh, because that man needs a show. And um, I don't mean this because this is where we just come and we just laugh. He needs an actual show. Max, if you ever do a solo show that's just like not wrestling related, just sort of you as a personality, you should have your entrance music and obviously you need to pay some money, but you should get something from Real Big Fish as your intro music. Do you have do you have beef with Shark Boy? <laughs> do I have beef with Shark Get the fuck. <laughs> we out here, y'all. Tell the people what they gotta do. Flubble your head. <laughs>